0: You are probably tired of watching videos on the Facebook outage. But this outage is fantastic. We have learned a lot of lessons from this outage. It's not its not by any means boring. Because uh, first of all, when I first reported on this in the first hour, we all thought it's like, oh, the DNS server went down or their DNS uh, records are not getting propagated. Probably But no, the outage lasted for six hours. I finished work and I was looking at Twitter. I tried and Facebook was still down. So I was really surprised. This is massive. And by massive, I mean it is catastrophic. But um, Facebook published a detailed uh, analysis of what exactly happened. And in this video, I'd like to go and uh, read and then commentate on what uh, might have happened, why it happened, and... and, uh, and give you my take on certain things and uh, we have learned so many things and i personally uh there's a lot of concept that spiked my curiosity to learn more and uh, in the future maybe i'll make some more videos as i document my curiosity because all the videos that you see here is not. i'm not really teaching you anything i'm not really just finding something really interesting and just documenting myself finding it interesting does that make sense that that's that's all what i do on this channel how about we jump into the article and read it this episode is brought to you by shopify Alright, I'm gonna reference the article for you below in the show notes if you're interested. Uh the article stated More details about the October 4th outage. Now that our platforms are up and running as usual after yesterday's outage, I thought it would be worth sharing a little more details on what happened and why, and most importantly, how. we're learning from it who is this who's reading we're reading from santosh uh, Janardan. i believe he's the cto of the infrastructure who are you my friend he's the vp vice president of infrastructure and in facebook this outage was triggered by the system that manages our global backbone network capacity the backbone is the network facebook has built to connect all our computing facilities together. This outage was triggered by the system that manages our global backbone network capacity. The backbone is the network Facebook has built to connect all our computing facet facilities together, which consists of tens of thousands of miles of fiber optics cabled crossing the globe and linking all our data centers together. Because uh, this might be... You might see this and say, duh, of course. But to me, that's not the first thing that comes to my mind when when I hear about backbone, right? Uh, and it makes perfect sense. So if you have a data center, for example, in east, in the east, uh, east of the US, like uh, Miami, and there's another data center in, in California, right? How would you talk between these two data centers? For example, if you have replicas... In databases, and then there's one replica in, in California and another replica on Miami, and they want to sync the changes, right? Whether well, two way or one way. How do you do that? You can there must be some connection between them. You can decide to go through the internet, right? So the packets will be routed through the publicly available routers, but that incurs some latency, obviously right so the optimal way is really to have dedicated connection and all better if it's been if it's a fiber connection then you lay down this fiber connection between your data centers in 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 the west and the east and now you have a dedicated connection so you have lower latency you have this full bandwidth just for yourself you're not restricted by the internet effectively you're not you don't have strict rules when it comes to con- congestion control, so if TCP or Quick, right? Which Facebook, by the way, they are their backend all is in Quick. They they moved everything last year, I believe, to Quick, even internally in the backend. So now congestion control, you have you have the upper limit because now you have a dedicated thing. Now what I'm not sure of is whether facebook actually own these fiber optic cables or not or they are just renting them from another company i literally know very 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 little about this stuff when it comes to fibers and when it comes to manufacturing of these fibers and okay now we established that facebook has their internal network i know they call the global backbone but to us it's really an internal almost like a lan network that i don't know if it has a private ip address but that's what i think it would would think like a massive network that is almost internal right Uh, there are public access to it so there are some data centers will have a public presence where some servers will have a public ip address interface and an internal IP address where everything will be communicated internally now this is what we have established we know it's a beautiful big network that is global everywhere in the world and this is back of the backbone they are connected through fiber there are some places in the data center where you have public presence or the public IP address where you can access them from all over the world effectively and then once you're in everything is internal and everything is high speed in the facebook network that's what we know now those data centers come in different forms some are massive buildings that house millions of machines that store data and run heavy computational load which makes sense i would imagine like millions of machines really i didn't really know that it's in the millions well so yeah facebook load facebook instagram and whatsapp so millions of machines some data centers have millions of machines technically right and uh, running these computational that keep our platform running you know the back end and how much work the end needs if you want to run asynchronous jobs yeah yeah computational heavy strong then and others are smaller facilities that connect our backbone network to the broader internet and the people using our platform so these smaller facilities are also connected to places they're connected to the data centers internally and they have public presence where they have a public ip address where the public internet right the routers and the internet can route traffic to that and once the packets are in the fa- smaller facilities they are effectively inside the huge bandwidth network on the back end all right so we know these this is this is very critical to understand now when you open up one of our apps and load up your feed or messages the apps request for data travels from your device to the nearest facility so how does it find the nearest facility so this is a very good question this is where DNS comes into the question i believe where it will serve you an ip address that is closest to you and um i don't know much about this or the technicality of this but there must be some sort of uh of a geolocation between the source ip address that is requesting this dns entry the dns server will see okay you are here right you are in this location gives you some sort of an idea Uh, i have these sorts of ip addresses i have a lot obviously the dns server will uh, the facebook.com will resolve to not one ip address many many ip addresses but this is the closest to you so all these things that's how how i think it will work does not mean is this is this how exactly it works i'm not sure another another good research and if anyone knows let me know in the comment section which then communicates directly over our backbone network to the data larger data center so once you are in right so this is the shortest pass. Where where are you you are in singapore okay i'm gonna serve you an ip address that is maybe in singapore okay and then once you're in singapore the data may be in california i doubt right maybe there is a replica somewhere there even in singapore but once you're in that's it you're in the high speed network so now even in the high speed network you still want the closest data center to you right so that's as that's once you are in this high speed local network of facebook i keep calling it local and, and I, I keep calling it local and i know people will yell at me but to me I, I that's how i think about it it's it's a local network of facebook right it's an internal network yeah it is global but to us looking from outside the internet it is an, an a local thing an internal thing right so this is this is good architecture so it's not we love it that's where the information needed by your app gets retrieved and processed okay and sent back over the network to your phone okay so once it's processed get back the request and then you get served this is a classic architecture get served by the closest server right the data traffic between all these computing facilities is managed by routers which figure out where to send all the incoming and outgoing data. All right, so these computing facilities, these high-speed computing facilities, obviously there is some sort of a router that connects this facility to another facility, or this data center to that data center. Okay. And the extensive day-to-day work of maintaining this infrastructure, uh, infrastructures, our engineers often need to take part of the backbone offline for maintenance and you need to maintain certain oh this this fiber link needs to be maintained we're going to repair a fiber link so let's reroute the traffic from this so that means that they have load balancing of their network so that means they have multiple paths and i talked about it in my short video here in the global scheme of things there's not just one path because if you kill this there must be a, a round robin not round robin uh, it must be another route that you can take to get to the data center. Yeah. Perhaps repairing a fiber line, adding more capacity, or updating the software on the router itself. Okay, so they need to take some of the infrastructure down. But they, usually, this doesn't interrupt service because we have obviously load balancing. We we take this data center offline or we take this server offline. We can route you to somewhere else. This was the source of the yes, of yesterday's outage, which is October fourth during our uh during one of these routine maintenance jobs a command was issued with the intention to assess the availability of global backbone capacity so probably say okay what is available tell me what is available so that i can route the traffic is that is that why You check the availability of the backbone capacity or you say, say, hey, are you available? You're just asking if the the backbone is available, which unintentionally took down all the connections in our backbone network. Why? I don't understand how a command that assists availability can actually take down the network. Is it just a wrong command? Effectively disconnecting Facebook data centers globally. So this is what happened the data centers themselves now all of them are disconnected hmm very interesting our systems are designed to audit commands like these to prevent mistakes like this that sounds like a weird english english is not my first language but hey but a bug in that audit tool prevented it from properly stopping that command so the the command to assist the availability of the block uh, the global network technically took down a network i don't know why, how something that is read only technically would take down your network there's no details on what that command that uh, the mistake was to be honest but even though you did that command now you need some sort of a monitoring to tell you that hey you did the wrong command let's prevent this mistake from happening the audit tool that monitors this had a bug in it and it didn't prevent that command from getting issued yeah all right so what happened now this command was issued to the router the router effectively broadcasted this to all the backbone routers in, in facebook now every data center is disconnected from the other data center, we have nothing about the internet yet. Let's focus about that. The data centers themselves are disconnected. What the, what does that mean? That means the internal of the network is broken. But remember, there are s- small facilities and the large facilities. They they talked about the large facilities. Does the compute which are literally internal? I don't see why would you need public presence for those publicly uh, the the the, the Heavy compute databases—you don't, you never expose databases to the internet. We learned this the hard way. We've seen all the uh, Elasticsearch and MongoDB leaks, right? You never expose the database publicly to the internet, right? Uh, it doesn't have a public IP address, so it—it it is an internal thing, hidden behind this big facility, and then you access it through another small facility that is exposed to the internet and once you're in you just the the routing takes place but the routing is broken now between these data centers let's continue reading the change caused a complete disconnection of our server connections between our data centers and the internet the word and the, the sentence and the internet i did not understand because hey how how they're gonna explain in a minute but We understand how your server connections between the data centers were down because you just mentioned that the fiber maintenance accidentally took all the other fibers in the network, right? The routers. But how are you now disconnected from the internet? He's gonna—they're gonna explain it. One of the jobs performed by our smaller facilities is to respond to dns queries so the small facilities we talked about those are the ones that are exposed to the public they have public presence they have public ip addresses and they also have private ip addresses i don't know what what kind of configuration they have but they have another interface to talk to the back end to the internal back end right to the other data centers dns is the address book of the internet enabling the simple web names we type into the browser to be translated to the specific server ip addresses we know what dns is those translation queries are answered by the authoritative name servers that occupy well-known ip addresses themselves the authoritative name servers have ip addresses themselves this is critical so another, another thing i learned about the dns is that it's not just one thing you ask it and gives you an answer. It's it's a hierarchy of things. All right. Here's here's quickly how DNS works. So DNS is is designed to be kind of distributed, right? It's not just you ask one thing and it gives you an answer, right? Uh, you lo you a- effectively ask your DNS resolver. This could be your router even, which has some sort of cache. Or you could be a public resolver, such as 1111, which is Cloudflare, or 888 which is Google's. Them themselves, these resolvers, if they have the cache answer, they will give you the IP errors. If they don't, then they connect to one of the 13's root servers, and these are very, very well known. These root servers, you're going to ask them, okay, I have .com, which is uh, I'm asking for the IP address of Facebook.com. I have .com. What is the t- top-level domain uh, ip address of com right so you ask the root server which are publicly available they are maintained by many many organizations right these are well-known that there are i believe 13 of them doesn't mean 13 servers they have 13 well-known root server but they have like thousands of servers in the back so now you ask the root servers, it's going to tell you the top-level domain IP address of the .com. If you if your site is .org, it will give you the IP address of the top-level domain that has all the .com things, right? So now you're going to get back an IP address for the top-level domain for .com. Now the resolver itself, which is 1111, or your IP or router, will now take the IP address of the top-level domain. Okay, now I know the .com. Give me the facebook.com. Who is the authoritative domain name server that hosts facebook.com? So there is another recursive call. So now give me the IP. And again, not the IP address of facebook.com. Not yet. Give me the IP address of the DNS authoritative entity that owns facebook.com that will eventually tell me the IP address of facebook.com. So now you get that. The authoritative name server. Now that IP address, you connect to it, and by you I mean the resolver, connect to it, and then ask the question: what is the IP address of Facebook.com? And then the authoritative name server will tell you, oh, it's blah 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 blah. And that's how you get the IP address. The last step, the authoritative name server is the Facebook infrastructure themselves. This is very, very critical facebook.com uh, facebook owns and maintain their authoritative dns servers so they are sitting where in these small facilities so the, all the authoritative name servers are in the small facility so all the authoritative name server of facebook are in these small facilities so they have public presence as we talked about but guess what let's continue reading those translation queries are answered by our authoritative name servers are eventually answered, that's the correct word Right, eventually answered by our authoritative name servers that occupy well-known ip addresses themselves which in turn are advertised to the rest of the internet via another protocol called the bgb another thing i need to read more about so this border gateway protocol so we said that this authoritative name server the dns servers that has the answer for Facebook.com, that has the answer for WhatsApp.com, that has the answer for Instagram.com, right? The, I, the answer for the, what's the IP address of these domains are living in these small facilities. And these small facilities have a public presence. What does that mean? It means they have public IP addresses. But what does that mean to have a public IP address? We never talk about this stuff. We always assume we know. We don't know anything. A public presence, a public IP address need to know how do I get to you. And this is the puppy that does that. Border Gateway Protocol. It will tell you how, what path to take through the internet to get to that puppy. You need to get to it. And here's how you you can go through this network. You can go through this network. You can go through Singapore. You can go through Russia. It does this. How? technical details i'll figure it out one day but that's how it does this routing very critical it tells you how to get to it this is this is this is this is the the critical part how to get to it has disappeared let's continue which in turn are advertised to the rest of the internet via another protocol Border Gateway Protocol. Border Gateway Protocol to ensure reliable connections. Our DNS servers disable those BGP advertisements to itself, right? If they themselves cannot speak to our backend data centers, since the this is an indication of an unhealthy network connection. So these small facilities have these DNS authoritative name servers, and their backend, which is the data centers right are in this heavy compute big million machine data centers right they connect to it Does a small facility connected to the big facility guess what the connection is broken okay no big deal this connection the internal connection is broken right but no that's not the end of the story these DNS servers are smart. They would just say, "Okay, well, if the connection is not the they don't know the connection. They they know that oh these backends are unreachable. Let me drop this entry. Let me drop this IP address, right? Let me drop this IP address from from existing doesn't make sense. And not only that, while while I'm dropping this, all of the IP addresses I I publicly expose, right? are not even reachable why even advertise it to the BGP let's let the public know that hey this is not reachable remove the record this is not reachable remove the record that means every BGP record they remove the internet just just Facebook went dark (laughs) that's what happened (laughs) the internet cannot find these puppies anymore right and if if the internet cannot find the name the authoritative name servers themselves then the dns queries cannot be answered here's what i didn't understand though the the authoritative name servers have ip addresses themselves right okay these were reachable and operational but the mapping to the facebook.com ip address itself which is another ip address must be right that that ip address is that reachable or not the facebook.com ip address is that reachable that article doesn't answer that so whether this ip address lives in this small facility or not is to be determined or does it live in the in the big facility that's also something to be to be known right but regardless but here here's another interesting question so what if i had a cache of facebook.com ip address will i be able to connect to that ip address my guess is probably yes you can connect to it But it won't get you too far. That is because once you get to it, it's probably a reverse proxy, which will in turn connect to the back end, which doesn't exist because the fibers are cut, right? So it's a very, very interesting thing because that's exactly what I saw in the first hour of the outage. Facebook.com was not resolving DNS. WhatsApp.com was not resolving, but Instagram actually was resolving for me an IP address. And I didn't get that. Was that a cache in my whatever uh, resolver I was using at that point? I believe I was a uh, Cloudflare. And if that is the point, I was able to connect. I was able to establish a TCP connection to that IP address. I was able to uh, establish a TLS connection to that IP address. But when I did a curl to get, give, me, give me the page, slash, get slash, I got an error from the their backend saying no servers are available. That tells me that yeah, the DNS, the IPs may be reachable. This publicly available IPs will be reachable, but eventually the backend is down. So I bet I believe these DNS servers have smart checks to check not only this local IPs because it's. Uh, it's going to be useless to check this reverse proxy you need to check also the back end and they might might have even some error checking so oh check for errors if this is returning an error remove from the pgb advertisement let's continue reading it's, it's just the whole thing is just I'm, I'm, I'm really reading through this and i'm just thinking at the same time in the recent outage the entire backbone was removed from operation making these locations, these small facility locations, declare themselves unhealthy and withdraw the BGP advertisement. That means, hey, I no longer exist. Don't even attempt to connect to me because even if you did try to connect to me, the backend is unavailable. Why is it unavailable? Because someone made a configuration error that took down all our fiber, internal fiber connection, effectively, the communication between data centers, right? So that makes me think, if the data that I'm requesting was in this small facility, I was I might have been able to be served the home page, but that's pretty much it, right? Another thing, if those small facilities didn't exist, right? And the DNS reserves lived in those big facilities, then I don't think the outage will exist at all. Because, hear me out. me out i'm just thinking out loud here so if these dns resolvers lived in the big million machine one of the million machine compute then they will have a public presence and then they will try to connect to the back end which guess what it is local the whole thing is local we're not going through a fiber network because we are in the data center if that's the case then the outage will never happen because, hey, I just, I'm, I'm at this point, you're not even going through a fiber connection. You're just, hey, everything is internal, right? Very interesting. I wonder why they did that. Why does the small facility have these DNS resolvers and then they make this jump through the fiber? Hmm. I'm just thinking this out. I think. I I do think that if their DNS resolver lived in the data centers, then they would uh, they wouldn't have this problem at all. I might be wrong, obviously, but it's just 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 think about it. Let's continue. The end result that uh, was that our DNS resol- uh, servers became unreachable, even though they were still operational. Yeah, of course they were operational, in a sense that they work right even the backend is operational if you think about it everything is operational nothing went down except the network (laughs) right so technically everything is, is operational this made it impossible for the rest of the internet to find our servers right yeah once you can't find this ip address then you can't connect to it even if you do have an ip address of a um, small facility facility small facility reverse proxy that lives there you would connect to it but the small facility would need to connect to the big facility which has all the juice right that stuff is dead because you're going through the fiber connection yeah man i still think you the the, uh, the, the big facility should expose a dns resolver but that could be just me uh, yeah keep those keep the small facilities right for local access because it's e- cheaper to you know you want it's it's easier to build a small facility very localized to small areas even rural areas right so you can get quick access and then p- pull a fiber but also i think they also need a a public presence in their data centers at least just for these dns servers uh, now we talk about the risk as well It's like oh these data centers are uh, we should they should not be exposed to the internet and, and that i did mention that in the beginning of the of this video really yeah it's a catch down to do i don't know what i do i would expose that but i would kind of secure that public facility I, I think that's that's probably why they don't do it they don't expose this juice right all the data all your user data is actually in the big facilities and the computer and everything is there And they don't want public internet presence there effectively, right? You only go through the fiber channels. And that's probably, uh, we're going to come to that now, why the outage actually took that long, right? Because there is no public way to connect to that. Again, I'm I'm inferring a lot of things that they never mentioned in the article. I'm inferring it. Maybe someone from Facebook can answer these questions it's made it possible for those to enter. internet okay as of this happened are we still recording yes as all of this happened very fast and as our engineers worked to figure out what was happening and why they faced two large obstacles what are they what are the obstacles first it was not possible to access our data centers through our normal means because their networks were down well I did mention that in the in the second video that I made about this. Well, you, you cannot remote the stuff because the fiber down, right? The internal thing that connects the data centers together are down. So how would you, first of all, how do you first get all these people, all these uh, employees working from home, right? So they are VPNing and they're using probably software which goes through the internet to VPN. And to get, once you're in that, if you can ever get in, you can't because none of the IP addresses are 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 are, uh, are resolving the DNS, which I believe the VPN would use. That will well, that was down. We we know about that. So there's no way to get in. Their network were down, and the second, the total loss of DNS broke many internal tools. That's maybe that's what I was talking about the VPN and anything that any internal tool uses must use dns and the dns is down and if the dns is down it cannot answer it i'm not entirely sure about this because yeah the dns is down from the outside but if you are a tool running on the back end and use dns then the answer would be given to you from the inside right that's probably a different DNS resolver. You're not going to do it to the outside public DNS to answer a question about where facebook.com is because you are in facebook.com. I might be wrong there. Like when when I'm at work and I do a VPN in in a machine at work and I do uh, something.mycompany.com, this thing immediately resolves to a dns entry if i do this from my phone which is i'm on public internet that doesn't that never resolves because that's a different that's a it's an internal dns entry that only at work we have that entry and i believe facebook must have something like that anyway again another thing i was missing here we'd normally use to investigate and resolve outages like this our primary and out of bound network access was down we so we sent engineers on site that's exactly what i predicted so we sent engineers on site to the data centers to have them debug the issue and restart the system yeah you gotta drive in uh, whatever the data center go to vegas and, <laughs> and get, get into the data center uh, crack open these keys and then just do it restart the systems but this took time this is i i didn't know this Give this listen to this but this took time because these facilities are designed with high level of physical and security in mind guess what all the data all the juice is there right all the beautiful stuff is in that data center so that explains why there might need might not be a public authoritative name server resolver in those because might expose security flaws people can get into it right through that uh, that's why you need physical access well that hey we're gonna protect this this precious gold data right lock it in so there's a lot of security uh, you know mechanisms they are hard to get in they are hard to get into they are hard to get into that's what she said and once you're inside okay okay facebook you're just all right you're baiting me here (laughs) the hardware and routers. oh my god okay the hardware and routers are designed to be difficult to modify even when you have physical access to them is this, is this a troll sentence? Because it sounds like... Well, the hardware and routers are designed to be difficult to modify even when you have physical access to them. Okay, so they're it is very hard to modify these things. They are locked down. Because says, there is no reason for you to be here to change these. So we're going to put extra level of security for you to change these. So even employees couldn't, couldn't figure this out. So it took extra time to activate the secure access protocols needed to get people on site and able to work on the servers zuck steps in only then could we confirm the issue and bring the backbone online so that took uh, the whole uh, six no not six hours maybe it took less than that but we're going to talk uh, talk talk about that why once the network is up up you can't expect your all your services to be up at the same time we're going to talk about that now once our backbone network connectivity was restored across our data center everything came back up with it but the problem was not over we knew that flipping our services back on so they did turn them physically off right at once could potentially cause a new round of crashes due to surge of traffic yeah you never do this this is this is why rolling restarts exist. You never start all of this at the same time. In, Im- immediately you're gonna get a surge because there. This is unexpected, right? You have there must be there will be a central point of failure where it couldn't handle the surge of traffic. So you will get you get timeouts, and that timeout will just trigger back down into another causes other disasters so in the back end you always if you have like a million server you don't turn them off at the same time alright the reverse proxy will die right because of the messaging and all that stuff uh, then you, you, you need you need to start up one by one and then slowly start all the services back up unless you designed your back end in a way to handle the search right if you didn't then you have to adhere by these things individual data centers were reporting dips in power oh see this i didn't know this is news to me i don't know anything about electrical engineering zero things about electrical engineers individual data centers were reporting dips in power usage in the range of tens of megawatts okay so megawatts for some reason i don't know what's the difference megawatts versus ampere my dad is an electric engineer he tried to teach me uh, it goes from this ear to the other ear i don't understand anything about electric engineering to be honest maybe one day and suddenly reversing such a dip in power consumption could put everything in the electrical systems to crash at risk really so if even the electrical network apparently have some limits who would know I, if you think about it, there's a circuit breaker right in place and if you turn everything on in your home at the same time it might go off right because of the of the excess amount of load i guess yeah that's pretty much it I, th- I think that's probably it hopefully this is an event we're all prepared to say th- th- prep- uh, we are all prepared for thanks to the storm drills so these these are drills they are actually doing for, for storm exercises, right? Apparently they they have been doing some sort of a uh these kind of event where, where an entire data center will go down, but they never expected the entire not a region, yeah. Data center, yeah, but entire global network, they never did. But it actually helped them. In a storm exercise, we simulate a major system failure by taking a device, a service, data center, or entire region offline. Stressing, testing all the infrastructure involved. Experience from this drill gave us the confidence uh, and experience to bring these back online. Carefully manage the increasing load. In the end, our services came back relatively quickly without any further system-wide failures. And while we'd never previously ran a storm that simulated a global backbone failure will we will certainly be looking for a way to simulate events in the future every failure like this is an opportunity to learn and get better and there is plenty for us to learn we did learn a lot thank you facebook and kudos for all the engineers uh, in this situation because man this must have been very very stressful to get up and running after every issue small and large we do an extensive review process to understand how we can make our systems resilient that process is already underway we've done extensive work hardening our system to prevent unauthorized access and it was interesting to see how that hardening slowed us down as we tried to recover from outage from an outage caused not by malicious activity but an error on our own making i believe a trade-off like this is worth it greatly increased day-to-day security versus a slower recovery from a hopefully rare event like this from here on out our job is to strengthen our testing drills and overall resilience to make sure events like this happen as rarely as possible Fifteen thousand likes all right guys what do you think this wasn't a very interesting outage to be honest. Unlike the fact that the first hour of the outage I thought it was just a boring DNS issue, but no, it was it turned out to be more 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 than just that. Again, we, I had a lot of questions that are basically remain unanswered for now um, as as you, as you watched and listened in this podcast. But um yeah, we'll keep learning I guess from our mistakes. What do you think about this outage? Let me know in the comment section below. I'm going to see you on the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye.